Hello and welcome to The Littlest Podcast, a podcast about the Canadian television show The Littlest Hobo, hosted by myself, Katie, and my friend Stefan. <laughs> I feel like I messed this up, but I'm going to keep no, going. No, you did great. <laughs> It was perfect. There was nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Thank you. I also, we watch every episode of the show and then we talk about them. That's yeah. the premise. Yeah. <laughs> we get off we're the rails a lot. We're four seasons in. We are four seasons in. We're falling apart. It's uh, it's madness. It's <laughs> chaos in this room. You have no idea. I wonder if we went back and listened to like our first ever episode and then compared it with like even our last episode. <laughs> I'm sure we felt... We were very professional in the first episode. I'm sure we sounded very professional in the first episode, and now we've just like you can just chart a slow decline. Oh of yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> Maybe a slight uptick. We're like, we should probably be a little professional. No, nope, back you get down. your second wind. <laughs> yeah, and then it immediately leaves <laughs> down. You just get crushed by like three terrible episodes. <laughs> Broadway comes along. And oh, you're like, <laughs> yeah, game's over right there. <laughs> Done. <laughs> And on that note, yeah, this week we're watching season four, episode three, The Imaginative Invalid. Ooh, boy. <laughs> okay. And the synopsis, a hypochondriac tests her relative's loyalty. And this episode first aired October 7th, 1982. And fun fact, who wrote it? Uh, Christine Foster. That's right. <laughs> Our favorite. You should get like a button or like a one of those like DJ obnoxious DJ radio sound effects. Yeah. It's like pew pew pew. <laughs> Christine Foster. <laughs> and they like make slow noises. I don't know. That'd be amazing. That's. Can you make that happen? And no, I don't want to. As soon as I started saying it, I'm like, that sounds like work. Yeah, it does sound like work. We'll just continue to say her name very loudly and with, you know, happiness and yeah. joy. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Still waiting for that card, Christine Foster. I know, right? We're holding out, man. We are. We should maybe send her a card. I feel like that's probably the appropriate protocol. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she even knows we exist. <laughs> no, she definitely does not. <laughs> but if she does, hi. Hello. <laughs> we like your episodes. <laughs> You're very... And- I didn't even know this one was yours. Oh, no? No. I noticed it right away when it popped up on the screen, and I was like, ooh. I, I skipped through the credits now. I don't even watch <laughs> the opening credits. You don't want to listen to that beautiful theme song? I've heard it. I've heard that song probably more than just about any song I have in my entire life. Considering we listen, we watch the episodes twice. Yes. And it's played at the beginning and the end. Yes. And occasionally in the show. Yes. In some version. I'm going to say we've probably heard it like 200 times. Yeah. It like... <laughs> uh, I, sorry, I retract my previous statement. I'm sure there are songs I have heard 200 times or yeah. more, but not 200 times in the span of a year. <laughs> no. It's such a lot. Such a long time. It is. So I skipped right over and I I watched the episode and I was like, hey, that was actually like a pretty good episode. Yeah, spoiler, it's pretty good. Yeah. And then went back and was like, oh, it's a, of course. <laughs> Should have known. Should have known. We're just going to assume now if it's a good episode. If I if it ends and I'm like, oh, that was, that was enjoyable. I'm just going to assume she wrote it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like when you see like a really good play and you're like, oh, it must be a Shakespeare. <laughs> right. Has to be. Has to be. And they're like, actually, that's uh, Ibsen that was written like 300 years later. <laughs> ah, no, definitely Shakespeare. Yeah, Shakespeare. He yeah. just kind of zhuzhed it up a little. Yeah, you guys just modernized <laughs> yeah. everything. Took out the rhymes. Yeah. I know what you're up to. You can't tell me different. <laughs> I'm on to you. I've seen Slings and Arrows. If you haven't seen that show, it's no. great. <laughs> Rachel McAdams. Oh, the all first right. first thing she ever did. Nice. Anyways. Okay, I'm going to actually start this episode. Okay, cool. I think I should preface this by saying this episode is very much like Clue, Agatha Christie, Perot, if you've seen Knives Out, 
all of that like mixed together. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're in for. Oh, yeah. So strap in because there's a lot of characters. <laughs> there's a lot of things going on, mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, so the episode starts. There's this like gorgeous like mansion cottage thing that Hobo's rocking up to. There's somebody who's like aggressively ringing a bell, yelling for Deborah. Yeah, she really <laughs> yells for Deborah too. She, she is desperate for Deborah. Deborah, Deborah, Deborah. It's hilarious. It's like <laughs> dropping a death metal album at the end. In like a Scottish accent. It's yes. beautiful. <laughs> so we we see who this is. This is um, our main protagonist, uh, Gwen. Gwen. Yes. Auntie Gwen. Auntie Gwen. Uh, she's in a wheelchair by this like pond thing with some like statues in yeah, it yeah she's got an old school wheelchair too it's got the big wheel on the back yeah, and like a wicker thing yeah <sighs> don't I dig understand it. it it's the 80s guys <laughs> she reminds me very much of maggie smith's character in downton abbey okay so if you've seen downton abbey that's just picture that but with a scottish accent mm. her chair is stuck she's having trouble that's why she's yelling for deborah hobo notices he rocks over <laughs> He can't really help her. No. I don't know why. He can do so many other things. He cannot unstick this wheelchair. <laughs> and I can't even quite tell how it's stuck. It's just kind of in the grass. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> no. I never even thought about it. It's a mystery. <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter because she like oinks at Hobo and like tells him not to tell anyone, stands up and just maneuvers the thing herself. Yep. <laughs> so clearly it's all a ruse. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a sham. Uh and then she sits back down, and Hobo like gives her a flower. I, yep, she's clear, her and Hobo are bonding. They become very quickly, very quickly friends because yep. she's spilling her guts to him. Yeah, she's telling him about how today is um, her family's coming. They're going to celebrate her late husband's birthday, but clearly she thinks they clearly just want her money, which they do. Yeah, FYI. she yeah uh, <laughs> she knows they just want her money. She hints that she might die. She says, "Wouldn't surprise her if there's hemlock in the haggis this year." But it wouldn't surprise me if there's hemlock in the haggis this year. <laughs> yeah, she says they've a million good reasons to want to help me enter the next world, which is my bad gun. <laughs> oh, that's a good quote one. of the oh. quote of the episode. Okay, I'll I'll save mine for the end. But okay, that is a good one. Uh, okay, so uh, she's she decides she's going to teach her family a lesson with the help of the hobo. Mm. They kind of like look at each other. Yeah. Conspiracy. Uh, then we get like some Pink Panther music back. We hear this music all the time. Hobo's chilling on the patio. There's a random shot of a hand holding a curtain. Yeah, backwards. Yeah. Like like an awkward hold. It's weird. Like who who holds a curtain? When you close a curtain, you basically like stick your hand straight out in front of you, grasp the curtain, <laughs> and pull it. Yep. This person like turns their whole arm 90 degrees like they're gonna like I don't even know what you would do in that position with your hand. <laughs> I don't it's like know. your hand is sewn on backwards. Yeah, <laughs> and then they grab the curtain and then they drag it against. It hurts my wrist. I'm doing it right now. It's, it's very uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable, and I think it's all just to get a shot of a ring. Yes. So the person is wearing like this red amber ring. They'll have these signet rings on. <laughs> yeah, and the, the rings really are meaningless. So I guess. But they all have them. They all have them. So I guess you're supposed to be like, who is it? I think they're like the men from the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> they're eventually going to turn into Nazguls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many Glad rings did the men that. get? 12? Sure. I think they got 12 rings. You know my feelings on Lord of the Rings. You love it. <laughs> I was a huge fan. Yeah. And the dwarves got nine? Sure. And then the elves. I don't remember how many elves got. Boy, somebody, somebody write in. I can't remember. Sure it's in the first two minutes of Lord of the Rings. i got to watch that again. <laughs> I should preface this by saying I know it's an amazing work of art. Don't come at me. <laughs> it's just not for me. <laughs> 
Yeah, I feel the same way about Star Wars, except for the whole work of art part. <laughs> Not going to touch that Don't one. Don't at me. <laughs> you can't change my mind. <laughs> no. I've read the reviews for Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Including it's this hot garbage. It. <laughs> yeah. it is a mess. <laughs> a real mess. Is anybody shocked? Why is Palpatine back? Okay, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even like five <laughs> minutes into this episode. Uh, okay, so the old woman then starts putting on an act. She's like wailing and moaning. She's like ringing her bell aggressively again so that her family runs out and pretends to act all concerned. She has three kids, Benedict, Moreg. Oh, what's the third one's name? Uh, I have it down. Ross. And Ross, yes. Uh, and they're pretty much what you picture. Hoity-toity. Yeah. They all have very distinct looks, which is fun. Because <laughs> like, like Morak is the woman. She's the woman. Yeah, she's like got that long, thin nose. She looks like the weird Jackie Onassis Bob with the pearls. Yes, she looks like an aging lawyer. Yes, like, and then Benedict is kind of like goofy, almost Mister Bean esque. Yes, yeah, like he's the one who's got his nose in a book, or like he was the the smarty pants of the yeah. family. And then Ross looks like a 1970s film director. He does look like. Slash drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. Like he actually comes out rocking a cocktail. Like he's drinking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what time it is, but the sun looks pretty high. It's definitely like, like before noon. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just rocking that cocktail. <laughs> so they run out and they pretend to be concerned and then we get the glorious entrance of ian (laughs) i can't say without laughing this man man boy Boy. i think he's supposed to be like 18 yeah like maybe i hope he's 18 (laughs) it'd be illegal to wear those pants if he wasn't this is what i wrote floppy haired tight pants mr darcy shirt wearing dude yep (laughs) that's my description he is he is rocking some super rad moose knuckle though like those pants so tight so tight he looks like he is a ballet dancer yes like, they're like ballet pants yeah they are <laughs> like with his like jerry seinfeld shirt yeah that's like slightly open and it yes. is like white it's like colin firth mr darcy yes slightly less ruffly and he's he's very <laughs> um highlander scottish he's got that glower yeah glowering look the, the full head of like dark hair that's yes. kind of in his face yeah <laughs> um Very he is still like he's he can't be older than 18 though. yeah he must be 18 it's like no <laughs> yeah no what did they think of you when you go to school <laughs> no <laughs> they probably hate you <laughs> but all the girls love you <laughs> <laughs> i also wrote he looks like a bad boy ballet dancer he does so hopefully this description has done <laughs> you're picturing just something this, maybe just pull up the episode get a good good look <laughs> just jump to like five minutes in just yeah. see how he rocks up and then kind of poses next to a stone he, fence it, he's very aware of where the camera is as well <laughs> he yes he is more model than actor yes <laughs> he also he's wearing one of the rings so he's you know, one of the 12 men think, yes uh so they're carrying um gwyn auntie gwyn in uh she's yelling that the dog needs to come with them so they're like trying to get hobo and like he's not having it no yeah um ian's i'm gonna assume his mom it's his mom yeah yeah morag um, morag morag hard to hard to tell <laughs> not quite sure the relationship but i'm gonna say mom uh she tells ian to go inside and play nice because doesn't he want to be like a disgustingly rich boy uh, and he says it's a bit late for that now, and there's some like super ominous music. Yeah, we get a shot of the random maid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Just she's, chilling. She's like looking at some flowers in a pot. Yep. Which the pot becomes relevant later, but it's a very weird <laughs> transition. <laughs> like, part of me was like, "Ooh, is he like in cahoots with the maid?" <laughs> 
<laughs> is that how this is gonna go it's not uh, so we're in the house now there's a butler the maid is there uh everyone's fussing over the aunt uh the butler does some weird like shifty eye to get the maid to leave yeah the come hither eyebrows yeah it's very strange yeah I'm like what's going on here the important part of this is she's gonna make an announcement mm. she announces that she has not made a will yet but she will she today. will make a will. She will make a will today. <gasps> uh, she talks about how her future has like been hanging by a thread. She's like death's door. She's going to die. She has to decide who's going to look after her treasures. Uh, and then she makes the announcement that her husband has returned. <laughs> Lord Alistair. Mr. McGibbon. <laughs> in the form of this beautiful German shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> she points to Hobo. Yeah, her dead husband's back, and he's a dog. Yeah. And her family is like, what the So, <laughs> just, just picking this apart for a second. Yes. If her husband died, yep. and they came back as a dog, yes. does that mean he was good or bad? I'm going to go with bad. Because that's definitely a step down, Anything, right? Once you, yeah, because it's like animals have a hierarchy, and then once you hit human... Then there's the hierarchy, but I think right. if you go between human to animal, if you go, yeah, you're sliding, you're sliding back. Yeah, you're sliding back. <laughs> yeah, that's no good. <laughs> so he must have not been a nice man. Yeah. Uh, we also then get a shot of a painting of Mr. McGibbon, um, and it's so creepy because when we first see it, the eyes are removed from the painting, yep. and it's just black, mm-hmm. which is creepy. And then of course you get somebody's eyes actually appearing. Yeah, behind looking through the painting, so creepy. Those, those are Ian's eyes. Yeah, I'm they pretty can't sure. Can't be anybody else's but Ian's. Because like, it's like the study that he's like. Yes, in... it took me the second watch to be like, because <laughs> things are about to go haywire, yeah. and there's not the very many innocent people about. And I'm no. like, oh, Ian must be one of the innocent people, but he's eavesdropping. <laughs> he's totally just like, creeping he's on them through the eyes of his dead uncle okay or grandfather grand uh yeah i guess grandfather, grandfather is dead grandfather and like did he put did he cut out did he eyes? cut those are they just part of the house or is that like part of the reason that what's his name is the dog yeah 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 Ooh, he was a peeper he had some predilections McGibbon peeper yeah deborah is very happy he no longer is alive <laughs> poor deborah she really is the innocent one in all of this. She is actually the only innocent person <laughs> yeah. in all of this. Absolutely. Uh, except she says she's going to leave everything to the hobo. Yeah. Uh, there's a very funny like boing sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the kids are not- like super upset, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they call in the maid, Deborah. I'm assuming she's Deborah. Deborah. Uh, she like just drops a tray of drinks at the sound of her name. Yes. She's a terrible maid. I still like I you, Deborah. She's terrified. She is terrified. She's I think like, bad things have happened to Deborah. <laughs> that's true. She's got a there's she, peeping house. She, she's the crazy lady. She comes into the room and she, I don't know if you noticed, she's missing a big chunk of hair at the back of her head. No, I didn't. Yeah, her haircut, that. like it looks like somebody took a electric razor and just went and just like cut out, put <laughs> oh, an inch and a half square of hair out of the back of her, out of the back oh, of her cut. Oh no! I was like, ooh. I don't know if you paid for that cut, lady, but... Uh, that is not a good look. You take that back. <laughs> yeah. Put on a hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't notice that. I'm going to go back and watch for that. <laughs> uh, all right. So she takes... Deborah takes the auntie off for a nap. Yeah. Then we get... The, I never noticed shots, but I did a lot in this episode. 
So there's like a weird low angle shot of yes. the children. And the children, they're all in like 40s, uh, standing up and then going to circle around the hobo. Like a bunch of Nazgul's. <laughs> yeah. So they have vultures, but sure. They got their rings out. You can see the rings. <laughs> yes, they're all like looking evilly. One at of them's the hobo. definitely got like a dagger that like Just... it'll stab into you, <laughs> and then your arm will go cold. And then every time there's a Nazgul around, you'll know. Assuming that's a Lord of the Ring thing. Definitely. Kay. I like that you haven't seen it, so I just eventually I'm going to start making stuff up. I'll just be like, yep. You're not going to know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's like a bunch of Nazguls surrounding uh, little Frodo there. Yes. That Frodo is. being the dog. I knew that bit. Okay. <laughs> I know who Frodo is. Okay. Elijah Wood. He's Frobo. <laughs> Elijah Wood, a flipper, fl- flipper fame. A flipper fame? That's where you know him from? <laughs> For some reason, that's all I ever think when I see him. Flipper? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Naturally. <laughs> when I see Mark Hamill, I think of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Absolutely. <laughs> of course. His peak. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing better. His iconic role. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who thinks otherwise, wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. So, Hobo then goes to find Ian, who's like chilling at a desk in a study. He's talking to himself. It's not that important. Hobo no. comes in. Ian leaves. Somebody, Ian locks the hobo. He locks the door as he leaves. Yes. But the hobo is not locked in. There's like five other doors in this, this study. Yeah, this is like... It's is like, it like a clue a, house. I was going to say, it's like a clue thing with like five doors leading into it. Yes. <laughs> uh, and hobo then peeks through a keyhole. This whole thing, I was like, what door is he looking through? He's looking through the keyhole of a door. Yes. Where he witnesses a bowl of water mm-hmm. and then somebody pouring some suspicious substance into, into the said water. water. Uh, and then Hobo leaves through a different door. Yes. Like I said, five doors. <laughs> Hobo goes outside. We get a shot of like the plant that Deborah had been looking at. Yeah. Rocking back and forth. The camera zooms in on the Hobo. Yeah. Commercial break. Yeah. What Cut will back. happen? Come back. The camera zooms in again. Pot falls. Almost kills Hobo. Somebody threw that thing like it had rupees in it. Is that a Zelda thing? It's a Zelda thing. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, good job. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm so proud of myself. Like, do you throw pots in a... Zelda? Yeah. Oh. oh, that's like one of the big things you do. <laughs> you pick up pots and they have rupees in them. <laughs> well. Sometimes they have hearts. But whatever you do, don't attack the chickens. Because if you attack the chickens long enough, the chickens will attack back and chickens are invincible. Oh, no. They will straight up murder you. I think I should play Zelda. That sounds oh, hilarious. so much fun. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so yes, uh, somebody throws the pot like it has rupees in it. Yeah, yeah. It comes very close to like, it shatters and like yeah, the dog is running like three away. Three feet away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the maid runs out, finds the mess. Hobo has run away at this point. She's left to clean it up. Yeah, she does like that. Like looks around, is like, what the heck? It's <laughs> like WTF ghosts? <laughs> yeah. Like, Come I knew on. this place was haunted. <laughs> Poor maid. I know. Poor Deborah, man. Uh, so then Hobo goes to like look. He's looking through the roof of the like conservatory. Yeah. Like a greenhouse with like yeah, plants. Yeah, I think it's a greenhouse. And, like, yeah, like plants and like a little pond. He's looking through the roof of it. Yes. At what's going on below. The butler is inside placing the dish. Why is he placing it inside the greenhouse? Because they don't know where he is, I guess. But why the greenhouse? I'm assuming there's a door to get into that thing. There's probably 15 doors to get into that <laughs> thing. Absolutely. Maybe it's like the central part of the mansion. Maybe. We'll go with that. Uh, and then all the kids come in and they're all like yelling for Hobo. Yeah. Like, hobo. It's <laughs> right. actually probably would have been super fun to act. It definitely would have been. Mr. McGibbon. 
Where are you? Where are you, Mr. McGibbon? Can you come in? Mr. McGibbon! Mr. McGibbon! Uh, uh, Hobo's just watching this all hilariously. He's having fun. He's like, you dum-dums. Uh, then Ian walks in. <laughs> he struts in like the model he is. Oh, man. <laughs> he stops. We're, we're looking at his back. There's a slow zoom as he turns around and looks up menacingly at the hobo. Directly at the camera. Right. Yeah, eyes directly into that lens. I'm pretty sure he's the devil. <laughs> he's absolutely. Like, who has that sixth sense to just know? Yeah, just there's a dog watching me. Yeah. <laughs> That's my mutant power. I always know when a dog is watching me. Oh, that'd be the worst. I was gonna say life in a city must suck. Well, even like it'd be even scarier if you were in the country. <laughs> yeah, you were just like you're just in the bathroom and something. Whoa! You're like, wait a second. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> Where is this dog? <laughs> is it Advents? <laughs> yeah. Is that you, Mister McGibbon? <laughs> I know you're there. <laughs> I knew you came back as a dog. <laughs> you little peeper. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I'm going to put you in a cage. Give you to the kennel. <laughs> this is taking a dark turn. <laughs> Mr. Kibben's like, all right. <laughs> Calm okay, down. then. Yeah, geez. <laughs> I'll leave. I mean. Yeah, I just, okay, I'm just going to go to the store. <laughs> yeah. I just was coming to see if you wanted anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye. Woof. <laughs> all right. So we got Model Ian looking up at the hobo. Yep. Hobo leaves. He was intimidated away. Oh, absolutely. Terrifying presence. <laughs> yeah. He rolled he rolled higher than the hobo did. <laughs> he rocked a natural 20. Oh, boy. Uh, Where he's keeping all the dice in his pants. He's <laughs> <laughs> got, got a couple of big D20s in there. <laughs> I don't like rolling with dice that are warm. But I don't think we can emphasize enough how tight his pants they're are. They're way too tight. They are so tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think even as an actor, you have to know. Yeah. Like, mm. just like, this. are you guys sure this is what you want me to wear? Like, Yeah, this really? Yeah, or, I mean, you know, my mom's going to watch this show. Like, <laughs> What time do we air? Yeah. Uh, prime time. Oh, I forgot it's Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a, a hockey game that night. Yeah, we'll get preempted. Yeah. Maybe it'll go into double overtime. Ooh. Actually, at this point, there is no overtime, so. Oh. Well then. Games end in ties. <laughs> so I guess I guess no. No luck. Sorry, uh, Ian. You're 30 years too late. <laughs> yeah. Too early. Too early. <laughs> uh, so at this point, we go and see what Auntie is up to. Uh, she was looking out the window. She can't hear anything. She's really curious to know how things are going on. She's like goes to sit in a chair and she's like chatting away. I'm getting the impression she's talking to her dead husband. She's like slightly actually crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, or maybe she's just having a conversation with her dead husband. That's totally possible. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's lonely. So That's, uh, well, okay, I understand. <laughs> but that is the impression I got from this scene. Mm. Hobo makes his way to the water bowl. Obviously, he does the same thing he did with the poison pie plate many moons ago. He lets a child eat it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Poor what's his name? Little Davey runs in. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just chugs it <laughs> yeah. before he, he can so even thirsty. stop him. And his dad's like two steps behind. Davey, no! <laughs> just, like, just shotguns it down. Okay, at this point, the kid needs to just die. Oh yeah, yeah. There's really no. <laughs> right. There's no save in this one. Yeah. So Hobo dumps the water dish into the pond, where it like fizzes and like it, bubbles, yeah, like it's what acid. What is in there? That's definitely acid. That's insane. That doesn't kill you immediately. That just burns your throat 
like you would know as soon as you got it in your mouth yeah that you were drinking something Something, awful right you'd be like nope yeah (laughs) and then we get a fun like point of view shot of the hobo return a hobo vision <laughs> yeah as he's like running around the conservatory um and a net closes in on the camera a deadly pool net oh no <laughs> one of those like, green ones uh and then it cuts to the person like pulling the net in like super slowly yeah uh, only to reveal it's actually a statue they caught yeah hobo replaced himself with a statue that's right somehow. he's like a tanuki <laughs> yeah <laughs> I what <like> a reference <laughs> <laughs> like Somebody will get it. <laughs> yeah. There'll be one person. <laughs> Tweet us if you do. Um, there'll be like I. I like that when he catches, like he gets the statue. He doesn't go. Oh, he goes. Ah, <laughs> like it's actually what he meant to get. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I've always wanted this. <laughs> I've been eyeing this for a long time. Yep. <laughs> Write me out of your will, but I'm keeping this statue. Yeah. So. Then Hobo is like now outside. Yeah. He's like walking next to like this low stone fence that has a bunch of hedges behind it. Yeah. And all of a sudden two arms pop out. <laughs> but they don't grab Hobo. No. They have a measuring tape. They measure him. <laughs> it's so weird. It's very strange. It's probably the strangest thing in this episode. It's, and that's saying a lot. It absolutely is. It's just, and it's at this point not commented on. Hobo nope. barely blinks, keeps walking. Yes. An arrow gets fired into a bush in yeah. front of him. Holy <laughs> Like, a freaking arrow yeah like they, they just acid arrows they want this dog dead okay but like the arrow what is the end game of that plot so like you hit the dog with the arrow and you kill it <laughs> you still have to dispose of the Bury dog it in the backyard and tell her they, he you think they're away. all working together because they don't seem like they're working together. they don't seem i feel like they're the type who are like pretending to work together but secretly not working together because if their plan did work then they would all turn on each other yes so not working together so then hobo goes around the corner and he realizes the butler is the one who's measuring yeah can we talk about this butler for a second what what is his whole stake in this situation yeah because he's (laughs) clearly not going to get the money he's the butler yeah um they make derogatory comments about the maid like getting the money yes so he's clearly not either so why is he he's digging a grave yep a hobo sized grave he is he's not the first man to do that (laughs) um never ends well yeah but like (laughs) so he is he hoping that the kids will give him money because from what we've seen from the kids I keep calling them kids. They're all in their 40s. I know. I do, too. <laughs> but, like, from what we... they, I don't think any of them would share, especially not with the butler. No. So, is he just doing it because it's fun? I think I think so. I think maybe he's lost For his mind. the joy of it? <laughs> I mean, the type of person who becomes a butler is an interesting human being. Oh, uh, I mean, Alfred. <laughs> very true. <laughs> I'm sure he's dug a lot of graves in his day. Oh, dude, you bet he has. <laughs> So it's for all the people that Batman <laughs> yeah. beat just a little too hard. Whoops. <laughs> uh, yeah, just... Master Wayne, I haven't seen that man for many years. Yes. Oh. Boy, my Alfred started to sound like Bane towards the end. <laughs> it did. Oh. That'd be a hilarious twist if all of a sudden Bane gets hired as replacement Alfred. He'll scrambled eggs, sir. <laughs> Once you eat your eggs, <laughs> then you have my permission to go. I would like to see this. Yes, please. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Somebody make it happen. You imagine knocking on Wayne, like the Wayne Manor, and the butler's like six foot six, like three hundred and twenty pounds with tubes in his neck, yeah. and he gets bigger. 
<laughs> like, I'm, it's fine. I'm just going to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right this way. Don't sit on that. <laughs> get off the grass. <laughs> you kids. Get off the grass. What are you going to do? Make us? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they were never seen again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, they were as they like flew across the Gotham City skyline. <laughs> Did you see that? Bane just punted that child. <laughs> he got really good air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you would never think Batman, like Bruce Wayne was Batman if his <laughs> butler was Bane. <laughs> never. You would suspect him of like everything else. Yeah. Criminal yeah. crime lord. Oh, like, yeah. Just some yeah. weird creepy man. <laughs> I dig it. Let's pitch it. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, anyways, the butler is the one who's digging a grave. Uh, so then Hobo goes, he grabs the arrow. He like grabs the end of it. Yeah. Like breaks it off and he goes to visit Auntie again. Uh, she's appalled that somebody tried to kill Hobo by shooting him with an arrow. Yeah. I don't think she knows these kids very well. No, she has no idea what they're capable of. They clearly scream murderer yes. when money is involved. Uh, <laughs> she She then confides in Hobo that Ian is her favorite. And she really just wants him to come visit. Aww. So sad. Why is he your favorite? Anyways. <laughs> you don't know. Maybe when That's, she was young. I don't. She was a fan of tight pants. <laughs> That's why he wears them. That's where he learned it. <laughs> Annie Gwynn and her tight, tight pants. <laughs> it's a family tradition. That's a proud one. <laughs> so tight. There's, yeah. Too tight. I could just see them on vacation. The two of them. Just rocking these tight pants. So tight they can barely walk. I don't like the visual in my head. No, it's terrible. It's terrible no matter which way you look at it. Nope, no good. And you know it's a low angle. You yep. know it's a low angle. Mm-hmm. Just be like scene, that scene in James Bond when Daniel Craig comes out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's intentional, though. It's definitely intentional there. I think that's that's like <laughs> their attempt at making up for like the 20 identical shots of all the women coming out of the water, like Halle Berry mm-hmm. and... I'm trying to think Denise Richards, I think, has a shot like that. I guess they pretty much every Bond girl has a shot like that. Even yeah. if water's not involved. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they have a shot like Coming that. Coming out of the snow. <laughs> yeah. But they did the one. So yeah, now they have right. 20 they, more years of doing the, the they others. They just got to make, make it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we at? Oh, yeah. So now Hobo has gone to see Ian. We get so many different rooms in this episode. Yeah. It's amazing. This- this episode has given us more characters and more rooms <laughs> yeah. in one episode than we've had in the last three combined. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like they finally trust Christine and they're like, we'll give you a little extra. Yeah, you, you can have the mansion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ian's sitting at a desk. He's reading aloud the letter that he just wrote uh, to his aunt about how it's useless, useless to argue, but he wants her to know that all he ever wanted was her affection. Um, he's going to go off to Europe he will start sending her his poetry when it gets good enough for her to see because, of course, he's a brooding poet. Yeah. <laughs> he does mention Robbie Burns, like, l- earlier in the episode. Yeah, so. he, he said to Hobo, he's like, if you're my yeah. grandfather, then I'm Robbie Burns. Burns. And I'm like, well, in the grand scheme of things, as far as this reincarnation thing is going, you <laughs> could be. Yeah, maybe I mean, you are. <laughs> for accepting that the Hobo is Mr. McGibbon, <laughs> there is a chance you could be Robbie Burns. Why not? Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I like that. Let's go with that. He is. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, of course, Hobo brings... Uh, so, Ian, like, broods off somewhere. He leaves his dead turtle behind. He does. There's a dead turtle on the desk, and we get a very big close-up of... Stuffed dead turtle. 
Have I ever told you the story of the time I went to a turtle farm in the Cayman Islands? <laughs> no. <laughs> so there's like this turtle like rescue place where they like rescue turtles and like raise them and take care of them, release them back into the wild. This was like 12 years ago, so my memory's a little foggy. But I do remember after being taken around and getting to hold cute baby turtles and like seeing all the turtles, you're free to your own devices. And there's a restaurant on site that you can go to where they serve turtle soup. Oh. <laughs> I was, like, I was just playing with the cutest baby turtles. Now you want me to eat them? But Katie, <laughs> I thought you loved me. We're referencing everything today. I know, so many references. It's a world, a world of references. It's beautiful. You're very good at this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone else is going to appreciate it. I'm appreciating it. <laughs> Though I do do love, I really love, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, Bane Butler. (laughs) Bane Butler. (laughs) He has so many great lines. I'm going to find some artist on like Twitter, Instagram. I'm going to commission them to draw. Bane Butler. Bane Butler. (laughs) If you know anyone, hit us up on Twitter. (laughs) I'm willing to pay $15. 15. Let the games begin. (laughs) Maybe 20 if it's real good. <laughs> Canadian, so. <laughs> right, yes, 20 Canadians. Like $2 American at this point. <laughs> Pretty much, yep. <laughs> if you need a sponsor to move to Canada. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, so Hobo has brought Auntie the letter, but she can't read it. It's backwards. <laughs> he wrote it backwards. Is well, this he, like a game they play? No, he, so what he did is he wrote it. He was using uh, an ink pen, yes, like an actual full, ink like, pen. Yes. And then he blotted it with a, a colored page. Oh, so I she's did not reading, that. He took the original with him, gotcha. but she's reading the blotted page. So she's reading <laughs> the copy that he put on top, essentially. I missed that entirely and was very confused. Oh, yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> I was like, why did he write it like It's this? very easily easy to miss with the giant <laughs> stuffed turtle on the desk. Very, I just having flashbacks. Yeah. Turtle soup. <laughs> Turtle soup. <laughs> uh, so at this point, the others are now scheming together because they've realized the hobo is clever. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a shot of hobo who's now outside. He's noticed the abandoned wheelchair, and he starts. He gets up on his hind legs, starts pushing the wheelchair. <laughs> the family is discussing how she could leave her fortune to any idiot. They have to get rid of the hobo. Yeah, they're like, she could leave it to Deborah, Deborah. over here. She's right there. She's literally standing right there. Poor Deborah. I, I know hope she you, gets the money. I know you haven't seen it, but this reminds me so much of Knives Out. Oh, yeah. It's like kind of scary. Okay. Like Ryan Johnson. Did you watch this episode of The Littlest Oba? <laughs> Curious. We can ask him. <laughs> right. Uh, so then we get a shot of the aunt. She's reading the letter in the mirror, realizing what Ian had said. There's very sad violin music playing. It's very emotional. Uh, Hobo at this point has pushed the wheelchair into the woods. Uh, I it's like boy on wheels, <laughs> yeah. except I thought it was from like the wheelchair's point of view. So the wheelchair starts having weird flashbacks. <laughs> it's just like three wheelchairs in a car, <laughs> like <laughs> staring each other down. And then like another wheelchair stops the car, gets out on the road, and then the car rolls with all the wheelchairs inside. Oh no. It's just everything's been replaced with wheelchairs. <laughs> it's a world of wheelchairs. It's just a world of wheelchairs. <laughs> it's this bizarre. That's the world of Warcraft that nobody played. <laughs> yeah. I would play the hell out of that, though. <laughs> Me too. World of wheelchairs. I think you could take that in some really bizarre like ways. Oh, absolutely. Like if you really followed that thread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> could descend into madness. <laughs> 
Uh, so Hobo has set up a little scene. He's stolen the blanket from the wheelchair. He's placed it near the edge of a ravine, yeah. I think. Um, so now he just, he's got to wait. So he goes back to the wheelchair. It's at like the edge of the woods. Ian conveniently walks by, spots the hobo, spots the chair, spots hobo pushing the chair (laughs) (laughs) as if to kill an old lady. (laughs) And Ian thinks- Well, it's no elevator shaft, but it'll do. (laughs) We've got to work with what he's got. Yeah. Uh, Ian freaks out. He starts running and screaming. He thinks something bad has happened. Uh, The family shows up. They're less upset. They're immediately like, well, the dog was on our side all along. Well, the one guy is like (laughs) such a violent and Such a violent end. (laughs) <laughs> and he's super happy about it. And I'm like, ooh, you were a psychopath. <laughs> right? Like, maybe be sure she's actually dead before you start making yeah. those statements. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they do not. They just keep talking about how happy they are. <laughs> As Ian realizes, she's not there. Yes. We hear a bell ring. And somebody yell out, tea, anybody? In her Scottish accent that I can't do. Um, Ian's the only one who looks happy. <laughs> Everyone else looks miserable. Um they can't believe she's alive. She's now healthy. She's like walking. They're oh, like, oh, yeah. She she's was been not fooling near, them all, all along. Not near death's door. Uh, <laughs> Auntie Gwen is like, bring the champagne. Two glasses for her and Ian. And then she's like, wait, three. And I was like, oh, the maid's getting one. <laughs> Deborah. No. Hobo. <laughs> she's going to give Hobo champagne. I have not researched this, but I'm assuming champagne is not good for dogs. I really did want a shot of like the hobo drinking out of a champagne class, though. <laughs> Just the mouth around the champagne flute tipping it back. <laughs> <laughs> One shot. Like Davy. Yeah. <laughs> Sucking down some, some sweet, sweet port hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Some acid water to wash it down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yum, yum. There's not enough airdrops in the world that can save that kid. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh. All right. We've made it to the end. The final scene. Auntie Gwyn is explaining the whole thing. Uh, how no, she's talking about how like no one cared for each other. Uh, this is a terrible family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's going to give the bulk of her estate to Ian, except for $3,000, which is going to go to the SPCA in the three kids' names. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Ian keeps touching her shoulders. He's very affectionate with her, and I'm very concerned. <laughs> yeah. It's, it looks like they're posing for photo, like a like a painting. Yeah. He's always like standing behind her, like putting his hands on her shoulders, yeah. like kind of flat-like. It's like, ah, uh, just It's very uncomfortable, just stop. Ian. Yeah. I don't know your relationship to her. Those but... pants are very tight, and they're very close to your aunt. <laughs> and they also mentioned that they're going to go on a trip together. Yeah. <laughs> to Scotland, <laughs> where they're going to spend a ton of money. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and the kids somehow think that they could still worm their way into her good graces. They offer to take care of Hobo. Hobo is like, no, bye, leave. See ya. <laughs> End of episode. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think? It was good. It was. I know we, we made fun of it quite a bit, but it was <laughs> yeah. a refreshing change of pace from the previous three in this yeah. season. Oh my God, yes. And like murder mysteries, or it's not really a murder mystery, but any of these like clue christie style mysteries are always a little dumb and stupid right they rely on a lot of coincidence but they're fun when they're done well they're fun i enjoyed it yeah this one Mm. this one's worth a watch i think i would say absolutely yes yeah again especially if you've seen knives out (laughs) okay (laughs) uh hobo harm Uh, i put two for the flower pot uh very nice i put one for the flower pot yeah so fair uh your hobo fight uh, it's going to be uh ian versus the operation that he's going to need to get those pants off (laughs) I'm pretty, it's going to be like him 
but he'll be like Ross Geller from Friends when he wears the leather pants. Oh, no. He's like trying to put baby powder in him to get him off. Yeah. I'm pretty sure those things are going to get cut off his body. Absolutely. They definitely had to cut him out of those. Yeah. <laughs> they either cut him out or he has to grow out of them. <laughs> Literally has to spend like a week bulking and doing squats to the point where they just tear off his body. Hulk it up. Yeah. <laughs> those are his two options. There's no other choice. There's a... I mean, there's fire, but I wouldn't recommend it. Mm, no. <laughs> How about you? Uh, my hobo fight was uh, Auntie Gwyn versus the old lady from Fra- Fast Freddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, one of them is like, I think Annie Gwyn's like got all of her capacity. Like, she seems very healthy and spry. That other woman, though. She was genuinely crazy. Oh, yeah. But, but she had the ghost cr- seller. I was going to say, she had the murder seller. That's so. true. <laughs> tough call. That's a very tough fight. Uh, okay, your lyric you already said. Yes. Uh, what was it again? Uh, it was, they've a million good reasons to want to help me enter the next world. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> okay, so mine was, don't you want to be a disgustingly rich young man? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. I've been writing them down. So, like, when we get to the end of this season, we'll go through and we'll, like, pick one of each two. Yeah. And then we'll just try and make a make a full song out of it. <laughs> Should be fun. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yep, that is this episode. Awesome. So. Are you ready for the next one? Please tell me. Okay, next one is called Finders Keepers. And the synopsis reads, two boys compete for the hobo's company. Okay. That's it. <laughs> the synopsis. Get very, get very short and to the point. Very thin. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, until we meet again, fellow hobos, hop on that train and we'll see you at the next stop. I've been Stefan. And I've been Katie. Take care. Bye. Bye.